When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. On Horror Movie Night, we discussed Evil Ed. Uh, it's a it's a weird little movie. It it starts kind of slow, a little dry, and then it just ramps up to be fucking. Oh my god, man, that was fucking graphic. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, sorry. Evil Ed just does it to me. So I don't know if you guys experienced Evil Ed the same way that I experienced Evil Ed, but I got my copy of Evil Ed from my good friends at VHSPS, and as I've explained on the show before, the VHSPS stuff is literally a DVD transfer of the original VHS tape. VHS, yes. Um, so it has all the commercials. It also has an ad for Horror Shop. Uh, so I'm not sure how either one of you guys watched it. But I guess this movie was released by a company called Horror Shop. And the movie starts off with an ad hosted by Dr. Turningkoff, who, <laughs> who like literally is trying to sell the Horror Shop t-shirts and baseball caps. And all I could think of is those fucking Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck cartoons that start off the beginning of those 1989 Warner Brothers movies where it's like, send in a coupon and get your free ball cap. <laughs> Duke as, a, as an animated animal. Yes, basically. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ with this Dr. Turningkoff. After that, the movie actually started. And uh, I want to say something real quick to like lead into this because this movie did something that I didn't expect to happen. So do you guys know like the story of why this movie was made? It's making fun of the video nasties, right? Sort of. So It's making fun of Sweden. Sweden's tendency to uh, really heavily edit stuff and not allow violence or anything like that. Yeah, so so when I figured that out, this movie my opinion of the movie changed like immediately. Like 
at first I was watching, I'm like, man, this is really fucking bad. And, like, it's still, like, not a good movie. But when I found out that basically Sweden had a law that was completely anti-any sex or violence in film, and it got lifted in 1996, and this movie came out in 1997 as, like, a let's show, let, let's make fun of that rule by showing how awful sex and violence could possibly be and how it would warp people's minds and blah, 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 blah. It's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek, right? Oh, super tongue-in-cheek. It's it's definitely That's making what? fun of those laws. But, like, once I figured that out, I was a lot more forgiving for what it is because it's also... I feel like I could compare it to another movie in this same kind of tone, which is, like, it's kind of like Blood Feast. You know what I mean? Like, how Blood Feast was, like, that first movie that really was trying to push the the limits of what is uh, violent in a movie. And it's yeah. like cheesy and dumb, but you kind of pseudo respect it. Cause you're like, all right, well they went balls to the wall with it. Like, I feel like this is, is Sweden's blood feast where it's just like, all right, fucking, we can do violence. Now we're going to show how violent we can get. I did not know that it was specifically about Sweden's um, ban on sex and violence. I just assumed that it was kind of like a general sarcastic, uh, discussion of of the video nasties in Europe, but um, it, that makes sense. But also, uh, I, I feel like this movie is kind of making fun of people that were worried about what would happen. It's not like, hey, this is how bad we could make it. It's more because it's it's kind of over the top and gory, but I don't feel like it's perverse. No, you know, no. Uh, and real quick, this was picked by uh, our our good. Pod, uh, our, our good listener, uh, Tyler, who has always been really active on the boards. Uh, I don't remember if he's picked anything in the past. I'm sure he has. Right off the gate, I want to say I actually really enjoyed watching this movie. I don't know how many times I'm going to revisit it, but I had fun with it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I'd rewatch it myself, but I had a blast watching it. It's really – it's one of the better um, – 90s flicks that we've watched in recent memory because a lot of the stuff that we watched from the 90s is <laughs> – Hit or miss, to say the least. Well, the 90s was kind of weird because, like, with the 80s, we can usually guarantee that, that it's going to be over the top and absurd. Whereas, like, the 90s was where they started to try to do, especially if you get that later half of the 90s, the post-Scream 90s, it's usually too serious or tongue-in-cheek. This one definitely felt, like, Evil Ed feels like a late 80s horror movie that just happened to come out in 97. It really does. But, it, actually, it feels like... A script from the late '80s that was filmed in '93. Yeah, that's because it must be the color scheme. Um, it's a it's a bit of a mashup, right? Because the um, like the movies that he's editing are like obviously very '80s cheesy horror movies, right? Badly put together, badly scripted, and with like stupid effects. Um, but then you know when we cut to present day and, and it's him and he's editing and stuff, quality gets a little better, writing gets a little better, but still. It still has that sort of veneer of like the eighties kind of. I don't know. I don't know how. I can tell you this right now. I, I am solidly in the camp of no. I'm not ever going to watch this again. Probably. <laughs> uh, so the movie opens with an editor locking himself in the editing room to commit suicide, and that leads to Ed being hired to take his place uh, to edit the new Loose Limbs franchise, which like the killer is 100% Bill Mosley, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, there's a there's a part where he's editing and all you can hear is the sound and it keeps going. Where's my fucking chainsaw? And <laughs> oh yeah, that's Did, Texas chainsaw. He's like incoming mail. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me try that again. Let me try that again. <laughs> incoming mail. 
I have one random quote written here, which I think is from one of the Loose Limbs scenes, but it just says, My foot! With a question mark and an exclamation <laughs> point. The Loose Limbs movie seems like they would be something that we would review. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we can kind of speed through the first 20 minutes of this movie because it's, it's basically just... You cannot speed through it without my help, though. Okay, go for it. All right, so you can tell this guy's crazy because he's not wearing pants, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like sign number one that this dude is, is on the brink. Um, so the overdub is great. It's real great. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wrote that as a note that it was great. I don't know if um, I was being serious or not. <laughs> it, it adds to the ambiance, though. Um, but, but where did this guy get a grenade? And then, like, the, he's telling – so the guy takes the pin out of the grenade. Okay, so, so rewind a quick sec. Uh, I'm going to just pretend that I'm doing a coke-fueled burn through the first 20 minutes of this movie, all right? All right. So um, dude is the Loose Limbs editor, right? Um, goes nuts, starts picking at his face like a meth addict, and then is, like, freaking out, cutting up all the reels and stuff. And, and his boss, who looks like Penn, Gillette, uh, comes in and is like, what are you doing, you dumbass, or whatever he's saying, just, like, really negging the crap out of the guy. Um, and, and then the guy pulls out a grenade and then takes the pin out of it and, and like, okay. And then, and then his boss is like, put that down. What, do you want an asshole to drop a live grenade? Like that's going to kill you too. So anyway, uh, but the guy like lets the pin out and, and, and it, it explodes his head. So I'm happy. First two minutes we get a head explosion. So I know that I'm in for a treat. Uh, but the splatter and gore department um, <laughs> has many hot women in short skirts, and there's a lot of Euro trash techno playing. Uh, and it sounds like a place that we would have a really good time hanging out at. Yeah, I would party hard in that fucking place. That'd be sweet. <laughs> I, uh, and, and he's like, you know, so Meek Ed is like, oh, well, I, I guess I'll do this job for you. Um, and And then he starts, you know, watching the loose limbs scenes and uh that loose limbs clip is hilarious like there's he said that that he's like uh the chick's like uh what do you want or like she's i i think this is the part where she like takes her clothes off and she's got like um some sort of sexy bra on or and then she like shows him one of her boobs or i can't quite remember and she's like do you want this and he's like (laughs) yeah and he's like spittle you know spits coming out of his mouth and then She's like, what do you want? And he's like, well, I guess I'll take an arm or something like that. And and it was – I really like how over the top and ridiculous – this movie is making fun of splatter movies. It's not a splatter movie. I guess it kind of is, but I feel like it's tame as far as splatter movie goes. Well, you're missing the part where he then starts cutting that hooker's arm off. Yeah, he's, he's like, got... I'll take the arm. He cuts her arm off. And that's a yeah. really good special effect, actually. Well, but but he cuts the arm, he cuts the arm, and then he headbutts it, too. <laughs> yeah, he so headbutts her arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good time. It was such a good time. Um, and then, oh, oh, I guess that's not Ed watching that. That's Nick the Thrash Kid is what I named him. Because he's dressed like every Thrash Kid in 2010. He's got, like, you know, a, a backwards cap on. Um, that has like lettering in the uh, the Thrasher uh, font under the the flat brim cap, and he's got like his high tops that are like with his tight pants. Like if you really think about what he was wearing in 1996, he wouldn't be a cool guy. Like maybe 1989. But, Depends, because like, if his if he's in like Southern California and he's wearing that, 
then he just he's a suicidal, right? So he's just right, exactly. He's gonna, but this is like Sweden, so I, I'm gonna guess that they're a little bit behind on thrash culture. I don't know because thrash is kind of it. it, it I know that it came. It started in Europe, but um, you know, like German thra- like Teutonic thrash and and a lot of that. But I mean, I feel like suicidal tendencies and that whole aesthetic of of you know like the thrash kid um, look is a very American thing. You know, so I, I feel like they were behind, and that's why he looks like that in 1996 because. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure this was um, filmed in Sweden, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I think. But anyway, he's like he's dressed like dressed like every thrash kid from 1989 California or 2010 um, MySpace or not MySpace, I guess whatever it was after MySpace, the beginning of Facebook. Yeah. But there are so many boobs in this movie. Just wow. <laughs> well, you can thank the laws of Sweden for them. Here's the thing. IMDb tells me that this movie took five years to make. So it's like Sweden's boyhood. <laughs> but so if they, you know, if the law was repealed in 96 and then they released it in 97, I feel like the idea was that they were going to le- release it while that law was still in effect as like a big fuck you to that yeah. law. But then, Wait, Swe- then Sweden had Just, to learn and fuck everything up. Yeah, so then I feel like they they kind of like re-edited it a little bit to look make it look more satirical and just sort of poking fun at it. I'm betting that the earlier draft of this movie was probably a lot different than the one that we originally got. I feel like uh, it was probably like a real big middle finger, like, fuck you, we're going to do what we want, watch this like kind of thing. But then stuff changed and they had to sort of switch some stuff around. Apparently, all of the scenes of the Loose Limbs movies um when they very first started shooting it that was going to be the actual fucking movie that's what they were that's what it says on imdb holy crap okay that makes a whole lot more sense where where are we in the movie here so we got past we meet nick and and um at least in my notes with the part where nick has to take the first role of um or the 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 first delivery of the the loose limbs um tapes over to Ed, who's now staying at the boss guy's cabin, I guess. Um, yeah, he has a phone conversation with the wife where she's like, oh, I wish you could be with us. And he's like, well, I'm here. I'm doing it for a good cause. It's for the family. But then later on in the movie, it takes the wife about 20 minutes to drive there. So I was like, yeah. uh, why? why? Why couldn't you just do this from home or from an <laughs> office? I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. But I guess at this point, Ed will, will, would have already started hallucinating, right? Because yeah. there's like the scene where he's cutting the loaf of bread and stuff. And then it's like an arm or something. Um, yeah. So this, so watching Loose Limbs is like reading a uh, Sutter Kane film or a Kane, Sutter Kane book. Drives you nuts, yeah. yeah I guess. Yeah. So. Is this going to happen to us if we keep watching all these <laughs> shitty horror movies, guys? Are we going to go fucking insane? If, well, I mean, yeah. listeners of the podcast, if you hear about a uh, killing spree happening simultaneously in Canada, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anybody about this episode of the podcast. <laughs> no, tell everyone. You know how many listens we'd get on this? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Nick, I... Nick, Nick delivers tapes to, uh, to Ed. I think to, that Ed had, like, a loose limbs reel to, to edit and then had a second round come because he needed uh, the boss said something like I have five films or something that, that you have to edit so that I can release them all at once which makes no sense but whatever and so Nick is delivering one and he's wearing a coat that is so gigantic remember like Missy Elliott's 
crazy balloon coats from the, the late 90s. Early oh, the like garbage bag outfits that she used to wear? Yeah. Yeah. It, his coat makes hers look like a North Face jacket. Like, <laughs> that coat is gigantic, and it doesn't fit with his thrash aesthetic at all. He has that weird uh, Hellraiser 2 dream, right? Yeah. Where he's in the hospital, and the dude has his face all wrapped up and stuff. Like, why would you listen to that guy? Why would you do anything that guy told you to do? He's so fucking weird and terrifying looking. I I don't get it. I guess at this point, Ed's already slipped off the deep end. But just I wouldn't I wouldn't if that guy asked me what time it was on the street, I'd shuffle past him and just not make eye contact. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't do anything that he told me to do. Like, fuck. Oh, oh, this is this is my note. I feel like this movie is looking into the likeliest future of the hosts of Horror Movie Night. <laughs> <laughs> but all the horror posters at, at the house are pretty, they, they make me pretty jealous. Between the, um, the, the splatter and gore department's horror posters and the horror posters at the cabin, it's basically like my wet dream for what I would, like if I was a lonely idiot with, with no um, life and, and no Megan, I would probably just spend exorbitant amounts of money on first edition uh, printings of of like bad horror posters and just plaster them everywhere. So, guys, if I ever lose everything in my life and don't wind up homeless, that's what you can expect when you come visit. Yeah, we'll we'll send you some some posters. Yep, <laughs> you, you can build a house out of them in your little tent because you'll be tent guy two point <laughs> Tent guy. <laughs> um, so have we well, talked about the weird movie, movie that we watched. Kill you! <laughs> have we, oh, so, kill you. <laughs> oh sweet, my Texas Chainsaw Massacre three poster came. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so have we talked They're about the weird? Me out. Are we going to talk about the weird, like gremlin-like creatures that he starts hallucinating in his fucking fridge I, I and shit? I called it a garbage pail kid because I works. thought I was a little closer. <laughs> that works, <laughs> but yeah. So now he's hallucinating all types of shit. The music in this movie is awesome because after he kills his boss, we're treated to a very long acapella version of Dem Bones. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. I, I was so confused as to where this movie was going to go because I was like, I've got these consecutive notes. It's like, okay, so there's like three characters in this movie and Ed just killed one of them. Oh, and now he's killing the other one. <laughs> what are we going to do after this? Yeah, he so after he kills his boss, he roughs up the delivery boy that we've been discussing and kidnaps his his girlfriend, and then he's just like invincible. Like I don't know where that part came from. Um, so I think that we're, the 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 one thing I want to mention is that his boss Sam. I actually wrote down the name uh, later in on my notes. Sam has seen this process make people go nuts in the past and just doesn't care, and and he can tell that Ed is losing it, and he's just like meh. Yeah. I, I don't understand what, what the thought process is there. I guess whatever. But then the best line of the film comes up. Beaver rape clip stays in the film. I, I forgot all about that until you said it. But yes, the beaver, the ongoing references to the beaver rape scene, just to further stress how like offensively garbage these loose lib movies are, is fantastic. Oh, oh, yeah. And then, okay. I have another note that I, I'm pretty sure it's a direct quote because I don't think I would have written this otherwise. You will eat pussy in hell for the rest of eternity. I'd like to believe that that was just you venting to somebody <laughs> and you accidentally wrote it down in the notes. I don't know. Did you say that know. to Megan after Kurt Vonnegut? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. If you want to see horror movie poster Scott. 
they uh, they do the the old classic Night of the Living Dead uh, line in this movie. They do the they're coming to get you, Barbara. I almost want to just skip to the end because it kind of gets it gets super wacky, but it's hard to like. I like I have a note here that says I would like this more if it was less wacky. Like it it gets the the whole Which hospital is weird scene. for you to say. Yeah, well, it's because the hospital scene is like so outrageously over the top that yeah, I'm just it like. Really is. I'm like, man, this is actually hurting the movie more than helping it. Because it doesn't... <laughs> Except for that head explosion. Dude, that's man. what I was getting to. The fucking getting shotgunned to pieces is amazing. He gets, he, he gets robocopped. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Like, if yeah, nothing I, else, you better fucking believe that that is making my horror montage this year. Like, that is, that is some top-notch shit right there. Yeah, yeah. The the uh the whole hospital scene I agree is real like kooky and and not just not great and then like you know uh, there's a scene it, you're right he's fucking invincible at the end of this movie for some reason until he gets literally blown to pieces but there's three dudes with automatic machine guns in a narrow hallway all firing at once at him doesn't take a scratch no not nothing he's fine and then he fires back and kills them all real quick and easy right. Um, just, I don't, I, I like, I, I literally stopped taking notes cause I was like, I don't know, this is, this is pretty boring to be honest. Like I, I just kind of wanted this to be over now. And then that, uh, end credit music happened and I listened to that like three times. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking sweet. <laughs> Did that take the, uh, the hero voiceover at the end, um, off your mind? Because you, you seem to skip over that, which really, in my opinion, is the most egregious sin of this whole film. Yeah, I thought that it was going to, like, when that started happening, I was like, this is so out of place. And I thought, oh, they're going to, like, pull back, and they're in a theater, and this was Loose Limbs 8, or something like that. Oh, like, that would have been sweet. Yeah, oh, right? That would have been um, an awesome reveal. But, it, because that's just how fucking out of place that voiceover sounded at the end. And he's just saying the stupid, most cliched shit, too. He's just like, in the end, I realized... Uh, I don't know, a lesson. Uh, he's over. <laughs> well, you, like, I wanted Ferris Bueller to come out and be like, what are you still doing here? Go home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like if there's any any character in any movie that adequately describes you, it's Ferris Bueller at the end of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's like, <laughs> go home. <laughs> what are you still doing here? Why did you even watch this movie? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There's another movie that recreates that ending, and I can't remember what movie it is. Deadpool. That's right. Deadpool does it. Fuck. That was such a quick like. <laughs> you were right. Well, that is like, the most forgettably good movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I, the only reason I remember that so strongly is because he goes and hey, fucking clean up your garbage. Don't leave it for somebody else. And I turned around and I had left a bunch of garbage in the theater at the theater, <laughs> and I was like. I was like, oh, gosh, all right, Deadpool. Fuck, sorry, sorry. You right. guys are just really making me want to rewatch Deadpool right it's now. A, no, it's a, it's a really fun movie, but I just never remember anything about it after I watch it. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. 
streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com, and of course, the Geekscape Network. You guys ready to talk about what we watched this week? Go ahead. Well, I'm going to go first because mine's boring and has. I watched American Ultra again uh, <laughs> because you were talking about it the other day, Matt. And then I was at uh, my mom's and on Netflix. Man, the selection on Netflix is just fucking trash nowadays. It's been so long he's since I, I used been, it. It's been great lately. Uh, well, he's Canadian. Find... He's got Canadian Netflix. Don't forget, that's a completely yeah, exactly. different lineup exactly. than us. Because I, I got jack shit on there. Um, just a lot of TV shows, not even really any movies or anything. And as far as horror movies are concerned, there's fucking like nothing on there that I really want to watch. Uh, so, again, I watched American Ultra. Again, it's okay. Probably the best part of that movie is the character Laffer. I love that guy. Yeah. Um, that guy's in a bunch of stuff. He was in like Justified and The Shield and stuff like that. I like that guy's acting. Um, and also, I watched like a bunch of Planet Earth and Life, those like BBC documentaries. Yeah. Um, Do you man. just want to walk around like commentating as uh, David Attenborough right now? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> have you have you watched Planet Earth? Planet Earth? Yeah. No, I have no idea what that it, is. It is from I think it's the Jimmy Kimmel show. It's literally Snoop Dogg commentating clips from Planet Earth. And it is the most <laughs> incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty great, actually. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, have you guys ever seen that that old clip that somebody made um, where it's like uh, – in Canada, we used to have these weird like interludes in between like TV shows mixed in with the commercials where it would be like history moments and it would teach you about like Canadian history. But it would also teach you about like nature and all this stuff. And it's a parody of this where somebody's giving drugs, different types of drugs, to spiders. Yeah. You guys ever, you guys yeah, ever that seen was, that that's thing? A, that's, a, that's, a, that's a meme for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's an old one, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a, and then the crack spider <laughs> drives, away, <laughs> drives away in a little car. <laughs> so, yeah, I watched that and uh, Planet Earth. It was, it was all right. I, I don't smoke as much weed as I used to, so Planet Earth has lost some of its Shine for <laughs> well, me. Check out some Planet Earth, and it'll take you back to the yeah, days when you, you watched Planet Earth when you were high. So I watched. I, I've been trying to keep because it's been so long since we recorded. I have this whole list to split amongst all these recordings. So I've been trying yeah. to find the ones that either are most timely or most fit with a theme that I picked up in the movie. Um, so this is going to be a weird theme, being that my opinion of Evil Ed changed dramatically uh, the more I thought about what it was trying to say. Uh, I rewatched two movies. Uh, my my friend Molly and I decided to binge a bunch of horror movies the one day when I had to work from home on the emergency phone line, and uh, we just grabbed some random shit. She brought over some movies. I brought uh, pulled some stuff from my shelves, and two movies that I had a, a an opinion change of was um, Saw went from a movie that I absolutely hate to a movie that I just kind of dislike. <laughs> um, which That's is, fair. Which is funny because she wanted to show it to me. She brought over Saul because her thought process was, I can't believe you don't like this movie. It's awesome. And I was like, no, that movie's garbage. And then by the end of it, we both had the same opinion of the movie, which she was like, man, this is the first time i watched it in forever. That movie's really bad. And I'm like, hey, it wasn't as bad as I remembered it. So Yeah. They both kind of went moderate with it. Yeah, we found the middle ground of it's just okay. Yeah. The other one that I They're watched... They're highly overrated, though. Super overrated. And, like, the sequels what? aren't even worth anybody's time, but... No. What is the blonde guy's name? Carrie, one of the main characters. Carrie Elliott? Uh, 
Carrie Elways, yes. Yeah. Um, he's terrible. You guys ever it. like he he sued that production company for for royalties because apparently he felt that he had uh, helped like write the movie or something like that. So what? when they made all these, yeah, yeah. So when they made all these sequels that didn't involve him, he tried to sue them for a portion of the profits. Um, of those movies, at least this is my understanding. Something happened with. Sounds that. like a major <laughs> prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's oh, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, man, um, but he's Wesley. <laughs> that's why yeah. I'm so upset right now. <laughs> I, I know it's it's heartbreaking, but that's that's what was going on. So uh, there's this there's this awesome awesome interview that he did for some promotional thing, and they're like, well, let's talk about the saw stuff, and and they went, we got a little quiz for you, and so they they. We're like, okay, when, uh, um, which movie did this scene happen in? And and he's like, uh, Saw three, and they're like, mm, that's actually Saw five, and they just keep doing this to him. And at the end of the video, like the end of the interview, he's like, I I fucking see what you guys are doing, all right. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> like he's just pissed because, like, he's like, "Yeah, I helped write those movies," and he he doesn't even remember what's going on in them or can't pinpoint where a scene was in a specific movie and shit. Oh, it's too funny to watch. Oh, that's so good. So the other one that I watched, and this isn't like I always thought this movie was okay, but it was never like a movie I would go out of my way to watch. But uh, I rewatched Suspiria for the first time in like years. I mean, that movie really, plot-wise, is nothing special. I'll probably never be a fan of witch movies, but, man, Dario Argento was really crazy with his color schemes, and it makes those movies so easy to just watch because it's just visually, like, keeps you enticed even when the plot really starts to drag a little bit. Uh, And also one of the coolest hangings in a movie. Like, that opening hanging is fucking great. Well, here's my argument. Well, I guess I'm coming from the opposite point of view because I like witch movies. I think the witches and werewolves are my two favorite um, of the you know subgenres, I guess. Or at least they're the ones that when they're done well, they're done really well. But when they're done poorly, it's, it's just mediocre as hell. I want to like Suspiria. I do. And I understand how stunning it is like to look at. But I just have – I've watched it like three times and I just don't like it. Yeah, no, it's it's – Here's the thing, it's very dry. Like, while we were watching, we both kept saying, like, this movie, all things considered, shouldn't be as beloved as it is, because it really isn't, like, the most coherent story, and, like, things that happen don't really make a ton of sense, but it is just, like, like, just, it's kind of like how I feel about the original Evil Dead. You know what I mean? Like, the original Evil Dead movie, I don't think is the best movie, but visually, I I think it's the most impressive of that franchise because the camera work in it is like intense um, right but also I don't think that that's fair to even argue the the, com- the comparison there because Evil Dead 1 it was like you know made with next to nothing and when Dario Argento did Suspiria he had tons of money behind him for that comparatively speaking oh yeah so and, and I feel like he already had a name for himself and he wasn't like it was it's very self-indulgent and you know, last week I was talking about Baskin, that Turkish film. Yeah. Um, I would say that they're in the same subgenre of horror where it, the plot doesn't fucking matter. It's just, oh, let's do this interesting, dreamy horror sequence. And then let's do another one. And let's do another one. And we'll just kind of loosely, you know, pile them on into a semi-coherent plot. But at the end, it's like, oh, what really happened? You know, or, or whatever. I just... That kind of thing bothers me. I understand the allure 
of that kind of concept, like Beyond the Black Rainbow was another one that came out that I feel like was more about the visual than the actual storyline. But I just don't like it. I guess it's like any somebody that's like, oh, you don't like freeform jazz because it doesn't have a point? Okay, well, you're some sort of plebe, you know? It, it's like, I feel, I guess that that's what bothers me more than anything else is people that like art type films because they're art type films. And I like plot driven films because I like to be given some sort of, you know, story. Yeah, you're a big fan of like world building and stuff like that. And those films are are far and away from that. It's just it's it, you're it's a lot of dream sequences, that's for fucking sure. Yeah. Well, and I guess that that I like world building because I like the mythology. I like being given a hearty story with a with, you know like and world building is is like backstory, you know, without somebody just giving you the exposition. But then the op- I guess that, that you're right. They're the exact opposite with like, you know, Suspiria and Baskin and stuff where they never world build. They're just like, oh, these horrible things are happening. You get to use your imagination. I have a great imagination. I'm, I, I can do that on my own. Use yours and tell me a story. All right, so what um, did you watch this week, Scott? <laughs> I have two nice things to say. Um, right. I, I watched Holidays. Uh, these are both Netflix movies. Uh, again, from continuing last week's theme of watching Netflix films. Holidays is an anthology horror um, film that came out beginning of this year, I think. Um, I had had it on my queue for a couple months, and and I figured it's much easier to watch anthologies that don't have a wraparound um, because I can watch one because they're usually like 15 minutes or whatever. Watch one, go do anything else. And just, you know, I, it t- I can take like a week to work my way through something and not have to worry about, oh, what happened last? Um, so the two standout Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Father's Day, Mother's Day is a Halloween one that Kevin Smith directed and, of course, put his daughter in. Uh, and then Christmas. Yeah, that's all of them. The St. Patrick's Day one was absurd, um, but pretty fun. Um, it involved pregnancy. Okay. Uh, which, and then so did the Mother's Day one. The Mother's Day one, I think, was better because it's kind of like witches, but I don't know. Not the, again. They which, don't have which enough, is one of your favorite genres. Is, <laughs> well, oh, when got it's it. done well. Yeah, good job, good job. When it's done well. Don't congratulate witch. him for that. That was awesome. <laughs> Listen, we can't always rag on Matt. We got to build him up. Anyway, so um, it's just very strange that ABCs of Death 2, at least one of those, um, is about fucked up carrying a baby to term, past term, whatever. And then there are two more in this anthology. And at least, I think two of the three, if not all three, were directed by women, maybe written and directed by women, which is just very funny for me because I feel like it's a very male centered fear you know like pregnancy is uh, has traditionally been like a men are terrified of women's bodies in horror and that's kind of the whole crux of a lot of our a lot of our body horror and a lot of our our puritanical beliefs that get kind of uh parroted in in traditional horror films so it's interesting to see the 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 fear of pregnancy being um kind of discussed in an oblique way by women i don't know i i Really, the best, the absolute best of the holidays um, skits or or sections was the Father's Day scene. Very, very dark, very sparse, and 
really, I thought it was very well done until the very last minute of it was a bit much. I didn't really like it. Um, I didn't like the way that they ended that, but really it's the strongest of all of them. And if you guys don't like anthologies and don't want to watch the whole thing, I would highly recommend just watching the Father's Day scene from uh, from Holidays um, if you haven't already watched that. Have you guys watched it? I haven't. I, nope. I've been told it's it's pretty good, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, I mean, it's better than ABC's of Death. Well, I mean, ABC's of Death also has the the disadvantage of being fucking two and a half hours long, which is way too much time for right. any movie, let alone an anthology. Yeah. But yeah, and I'll, but okay, it's better than VHS one and three. How's okay. that? No, 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 no. I don't think it's better than VHS one. I take that back. But it's way better than three. So the the Father's Day story in Holidays is on par with some of the stuff in VHS one. Let's just say that. I mean, it's it's good. It's really good. Um, but overall, and and the the Kevin Smith Halloween one is just really bad. I I really that man I, has fallen so like we were discussing uh, on the Facebook page all about the yoga hosers stuff, yeah. and it's just yeah. And I mean, we can go back to Tusk and just talk about how much we have been upset by his his work. But man, he just well because he can I, do nothing right. I know, but I think a big element of it is like. I think each one of us can at least name one or two movies of his that were super important to us as kids. And, like, seeing this dude... We don't even we... have to go back that far. Like, Clerks 2 is not that long ago. Is that yeah. a decade? Yeah, maybe it's, a decade and ago. that's amazing. Yeah, like... It, it's my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, he used to... It's It's weird that he... His gift has always been, like, writing re- realistic dialogue between good, close friends. So, yeah. like, he's now deciding to just make movies that are devoid of that. Like, it's like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, I really hope that eventually he gets sick of smoking pot and rewatches these movies and is like, what was I thinking? And, like, goes and fixes this by making good think, movies again. I really don't think he will. Don't hold your breath, my friend. I know. It's a shame. But All at right. least they still have the View Askew universe to, to watch and remember. Yeah. All right. So anyway, um, so that was holidays. Um, and I watched finally watched Turbo Kid. And you guys, why did you not make me watch this when it came out? I still haven't we seen it. Told you. I haven't you, seen it. You guys it. lightly told me. Okay, no, no, Adam. no, no. Here's let me tell you what happened. I found the trailer <laughs> for Turbo Kid. I posted on the Facebook page and you guys both messaged me and was like, why the fuck would you share that? That looks like the dumbest shit ever. So I never got around. I did to- not. No, Don't. you find that screenshot that I would never have said that it looks stupid. Uh, yeah, I don't believe that either because I watched that movie. That movie was fucking amazing. I love that shit. Yeah, I still haven't even gotten around I to watched, seeing it. but I, I watched it one and a half times in the span of 24 hours. That's how much I liked it. Like, I don't do that. I don't ever watch a movie, like, immediately. You again, barely watch but... a movie all the way through one time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh, Turbo Kid was so good. I re- I rewatched it so I could marvel at the Turbo Rider costume because that costume, whoever the se- whoever Guys, the costume designer. Hold on a second, I have to cut you off for a second. So I'm trying to look through our chat that we have <laughs> to find where this happened because it would have been like a year ago. And, yeah, that's uh, a lot of funny. And it had this option that shows. Like, I scroll to the top, and then it says, click here to see the rest of the conversation. And then, in parentheses, it says, 
227,837 lines. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, Matt, there is a little search bar up there. Just search the word turbo, and and you should be able to to find 200,000. To be fair, uh, we should let everybody know that sometimes when Matt's working and Adam and I are not... Or, or we know that he's busy. We will type one word sent, or like one word. <laughs> to fuck with him. Just so his phone fucking blows up while he uh, he's at his wrestling events and shit. Oh. <laughs> oh man! All right, so Turbo Kid was awesome, and whoever did the costume design of the Turbo Rider outfit, that thing. It looks like it was made in the eighties. It looks like it's from nineteen eighty-two. It looks more like my childhood than my childhood. It's incredible. Um, it, it, I mean, I, I just loved it. And I can't believe that there isn't kind of a revival, uh, couple, you know, cause I'm sure there was a lull after Turbo Kid came out, people watched it, they talked about it and then they went on other things. Stranger Things came out and they could be the same universe almost, you know, like, or not the same universe, but they're the same aesthetic. It's, it's eighties done modern with, with a synth synthwave soundtrack. Um, and just, it's, it's very fun. It also understands what it is. I don't understand why people aren't talking about the two of them um, together because they're both on Netflix. So anyway, um, I loved Turbo Kid, and I have a crazy crush on Apple right now. Um, and I can't wait until Matt finally watches C- Turbo Kid because uh, I almost said Karate Kid. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, I-, I can't wait until Matt watches it and falls in love with her because she is like the ultimate manic pixie dream girl. Well, I will Did try I? to track that down. I, I, I think it's on Netflix, it's on right? Netflix. You don't even have to track it down. All right. I will try to get around to watching it. I still haven't watched Stranger Things because I'm a bad friend. Oh, my God. Matt. Matt. Please. Get with the times. So that was Evil Ed from 1997 uh, as picked by Taylor or Tyler. One of those two. Tyler. Tyler, you can also send us suggestions. All you have to do is shoot an email to us at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. You can start following us uh, on Twitter at hmnpodcast. A few of you might be new listeners. I know when I was at Chikara the other week, I was handing out some business cards to anybody who wanted to talk horror. Uh, Don't forget that you can also send us some voicemails, as long as they're, you know, you in the voicemail, uh, to... (laughs) 405-466-7632. And I'm pretty sure that was supposed to spell something a long time ago, but we didn't put it on the card that I'm holding in my hand, so I cannot tell you what that was supposed to be. Thank you, as always, for listening. Go ahead and hit us with some rates and reviews on iTunes and SoundCloud. It's always cool seeing the interactions there. Check us out on Facebook and all the other good jazz. We'll be back next week with another movie. Thanks, and have a great week. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. 
We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 